Hey everybody, it's Clint. Welcome back. This is my second time trying to do this podcast. I went through the whole thing about an hour and 10 minutes, hour 20 minutes uh, yesterday. And um, there was a point about four or five minutes in where I needed to stop to adjust the microphone boom. And uh, when I restarted... I guess something happened with uh, GarageBand. So when I went to um, save everything to disk, it saved a full-length MP3, but the the file was empty from five minutes onward. So I I talked to myself for about an hour last night. Um, But that's okay, because there were a couple of things after I finished that um, I had forgotten to to talk about and then there were a lot of things that I had talked about that I probably really didn't need to I had repeated myself several times so um, that's not saying that I won't do the same thing right now but um, anyways got to do what I got to do so here we are Uh, this is the fifth episode of um, a running thought podcast and this time um, I wanted to talk about some cool things that happen this week, um, and then also uh, share some some more tips for uh, ultra runners, aspiring ultra runners out there. Um, so yeah, so first of all, I'll talk about this week. There were a couple of cool things that happened. Um, I guess I'll start with the the I guess more recent ones, and then move uh, back to last Sunday. So we had a big hike last Sunday, but, um, so yesterday, um, I found out that one of, uh, my coworkers is leaving and, um, I don't really know this person super well, but, um, we were in a work group together and I noticed that she had a really familiar skull on her, um, Hydra flask as a skull sticker. And it had the little dudes high-fiving, like the silhouette of the little guys high-fiving in the nose part of the skull. And so I thought that that was a Venture Brothers um, sticker, but it didn't say Venture Brothers. It it was just um, the skull. So um, I wondered about it, you know, and then the next day we were in the same uh, work group and I asked her, and she said, yeah, Adventure Brothers. And I was like, no way. Because uh, I used to watch that on Adult Swim uh, a long time ago. I don't even know how old that cartoon is. If you've never seen it, um, it's worth a look. It's pretty clever, little cartoon. Um, but anyway, so that's the way I met this person. And... So you don't meet those, you don't meet people that watch Venture Brothers every day. Uh, But anyways, so we don't have like a a very frequent back and forth dialogue at work. But I found out that uh, she is leaving. So that was a bummer. Um, I don't ever see her anyway at work, hardly. But, uh, you know, it's always a bummer when somebody's leaving that is kind of cool especially if they like venture brothers if it's something like that but um but anyway i digress uh 
she's taken off and um in her email because i had sent her an email and say you know hey hadn't talked to you in a while um heard you're leaving good luck and she sent me one back you know i think i'll i'll probably see you around because she's going to be doing work for a company i guess that will maybe be on premise or whatever um where i still work at but um so yeah we'll probably bump into each other again at some point but um or maybe we won't maybe i totally misunderstood that part but anyways i i sent her um a link to this podcast um number one because she may be the only other person that is um listening to it right now um hopefully i didn't scare away everybody else but uh just in case i wanted to have uh one more listener but then also you know it was just kind of a thing like i've i've got the podcast and if you ever want to hear me talk about um not that much then you can always find me here so um wasn't expecting her to actually listen to it um but she wrote back later you know hey i'm listening to your podcast and um you know it's it's good i i've got um she she said that i have interesting content and um that my voice sounds good so that made me totally happy because i kind of think the opposite like my content is not that interesting and uh my voice is not that great to me so having somebody else kind of uh give me that affirmation was awesome and um yeah so thank you to her and um good luck to her in her next endeavor i'm sure she'll be fine um So that was one cool thing that happened. Uh, The second cool thing that happened is after work yesterday, uh, I went to my normal running place and I hadn't been going, I hadn't gone running for about almost a week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, I did not go because I was just giving myself a little rest. The Garmin was um, telling me that uh, I was actually detraining, so I decided to listen to the Garmin because um, I felt kind of rough, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, I didn't really feel that rough, but I felt like I needed to recover a little bit more. But but yeah, so I did get to go running yesterday. Um, I saw Willie Nelson in the um, parking lot. And so if you have listened to previous podcasts, you know that Willie Nelson is not the Willie Nelson, but um, Willie Half Nelson, the chicken with a gimp leg that walks as if um, only half of its body is working. So I saw her, I'm pretty sure it's a hen and not a rooster. Uh, I saw her yesterday and I got to throw her a piece of beef jerky and she ate it um so i feel like we're making progress in our uh friendship so there you go uh but that's not the 
that's not the cool thing that happened. I mean, that is a cool thing, but that's not the cool thing that happened yesterday. So um, I go to the, you know, of course, like after work, I go change my clothes at Boiling Pots. And then I go up to um, the parking lot and I'll usually kind of procrastinate a little bit before I get started. Um, I like to trick my body into actual, actually doing physical activity. So I'll start off with a little bit of procrastination at the start of it, you know, like filling my water bottles kind of slowly, um, making sure to check that my glove box is locked about five times, um, you know, tying and retying my shoes, uh, making sure the truck door is absolutely locked on both sides at least, you know, two times. Um, so that kind of, those kind of shenanigans. So I usually do that and then I'll start walking and I'll walk for about the first um, half mile, three quarters of a mile, just to, just as kind of a warm up, just to let everything like get tricked into thinking that we're going for a walk and then right at about 0 0.60 miles I'll kick in to some running and then it's just um it's pedal to the metal from well, it's as pedal to the metal as I can possibly get um from then on but um but yeah so I'm procrastinating in the parking lot as usual before my run and um a couple of cars well a car pulls in and then a jeep pulls in which i can only assume was full of um tourists and i don't mean that in a negative way i just mean that that's what they were they were here on vacation possibly they could have been from the other side of the island or from uh, another island or whatever i don't know but like i said i don't mean it in a negative way but they had never been to this place before and i know that because as i was um fiddling around with my phone one of the ladies from that party asked me if i was going up to narnia and so i think i've described narnia before uh, narnia is not the actual name of the place uh, it does have a real name which i cannot pronounce it starts with a p and um, you can definitely look that up um, it's on Google. It's up Wayanui Nui Avenue, past Boiling Pots on the left-hand side. So anyways, the lady asked me, are you going up to Narnia? And I said, um, not, well, yeah. I said in probably the, the what sounded like the most pretentious way to her, I, yes, I come up here to run every day. Okay. So it's kind of like that joke. Um, how do you know if somebody's a pilot? They, t uh, yeah, I forgot that joke. I would actually have to look it up. But anyways, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. How, what's the difference between, uh, God and a pilot? Uh, God doesn't think he's a pilot. Nothing against pilots, but that's a joke. And you can kind of switch that with anything. So how do you know the difference between uh, God and a runner? God doesn't think he's a runner. So, um, yeah, so I dropped that 
bombshell on her that I was going to go run that day uh, like I do every day and as you can probably imagine her impressed level was um, at zero and <laughs> she kind of says um, well is it safe up there today to which I have no clue because I haven't been up there um, the whole week the last time I went which was probably like um, last Friday maybe I don't think I went on Saturday. I might have gone on Saturday, but um, definitely last Friday. And it was super muddy water and very, very, um, uh, there were flash. It was flash flooding. It was um, not even flash flooding. It was continuously flooding, like really full, really dangerous. But it hadn't been raining that much for the rest of the week, so, um, or the rest of this week. So, I didn't think it was that probably going to be that bad, but I did, um, I did kind of wince and say, you guys aren't going in the water, are you? And she says, yeah, we're thinking about it. And I just let her know, you know, be careful because, um, you never know, like flash flooding, especially if the, the sky's dark between here and, um, the mountain and, you know, there's a thing that people do, and I do it too, when they hear what you said, but they don't, they didn't want to hear what you just said. And so I get it. Like they're here on vacation, and all they want to do is go to the place with all the waterfalls and jump into the water and, uh, and just be in this water around all the waterfalls in Hawaii. And I got to say, like, out of all the things that you could possibly do in um, Hilo, um, that's probably one of the, the best things that you could possibly do in Hilo. I said it's one of the best things. I didn't say it's the best. And um, I did say in Hilo. So let's just um, let's just remember that I did qualify that statement. But, um, but yeah, so I think she was bummed that I said, you know, maybe don't jump in. I didn't really go in, in depth. So there's a reason that I tell people to, to be careful. Um, I believe it was 2018. There was actually um, a nurse from the hospital that I work at, and she was here. I think she lived in Chicago. She was here as a traveler, I believe, and so she would have been here for like a, a few months and then gone somewhere else. So that that happens quite often. That's a pretty pretty um. A pretty common situation there's a lot of um, traveler nurses in our facility but um, anyway she was here only temporarily and I I'm real foggy on the details I don't know if anybody really knows all of the details she was up at the same uh, falls with um, with another person and both of them were swimming in the the Wailuku River around the waterfalls, a flash flood came and swept them. Uh, well, the the person she was with was able to swim to shore, uh, according to the news article that I read, but um, the nurse was swept away, and I think she went missing in January of 2018, and they found her body, I believe, in February 
I, th I think that's correct. I may be wrong on that, but um, the thing is, f my understanding from what I've been told, sometimes there is no body recovery because the way the the um, the ground is here, it's all formed from lava flows. So you have all these gases that um, create caverns and they'll create tubes uh, beneath the surface. And so you may have underneath these waterfalls or underneath the river at certain points, tubes that go down into the ground, but there may be no end to those tubes. And even if there were, the amount of damage that a human body would um, incur while it's being beat around through these tubes, uh, even if you did come out on the other side, who knows how long this tube is too, by the way, um, you're not going to be in good shape if you're even alive at all. So uh, not to be dramatic, but uh, and most people don't get hurt and most people don't go missing. And I see people uh, jumping off the waterfall all the time. And that's all fine and good. And I don't want to um, I don't want to hamper that in any in any way, shape or form. But just, you know, my advice to everybody that goes to this area is to be careful um, you know, I pretty much add that in to anybody that asks. But so now I've gone into this whole cyborg conversation, but uh, the point of it is, I guess there is some utility in, in this uh, sidebar is if you come to Hilo and you want to go to the waterfalls, be careful. All right. And then I guess while I'm here, I'll go ahead and do a PSA. So the first public service announcement is um, leave your trash in your car because a lot more people are coming to this area now. And I've noticed in the last few, like maybe year, year and a half, um, the amount of trash has also increased too. And it's a shame. Um, Hawaii has an issue with dumping. So people dump trash in pretty much everywhere. Uh, so you will see that uh, it's it's sad to see an area that was once for the most part um, pristine now be littered with um, like you know your run-of-the-mill paper plates candy wrappers and then also um, even clothes now I'm finding people are just leaving clothes I don't understand that like I you know, it must be nice, I guess, to be able to just leave your clothes. And maybe they're just losing them. I don't know. Um, it could happen. Or maybe they have to go to the bathroom and they're using them for something and and they don't want them anymore. Which, in that case, gross. Um, but um, And there's bathrooms around. Like, you can you can find a bathroom within a mile of this place. So... Um, go to the bathroom before you come up there and then also take your clothes with you and um, take your trash don't even bring it just leave it in your car there's no reason the waterfalls are only a mile and a half from the parking lot you don't need to bring a bunch of candy wrappers and stuff anyway yeah so stop that and then if you're one of the people that dumps stuff in this place um, I, I don't really care whether you live here or 
not. Um, shame on you. And don't let me see you do it. But uh, anyways, yeah, that's my PSA. Don't do that. If you see trash um, and you got something to put it in, pick it up and take it out with you. I've picked up, you know, tires and all kinds of different stuff at this place. Um, it's a shame. And the irony of it is, like, if you live here, trash, well, not trash collection, but the actual, like, transfer stations, you can just take your trash and dump it there. There's no cost um, for regular household trash. But people just throw their stuff on the side of the road. It's a shame. But um, anyways, yeah. So there's that. Back to the story. Sorry for the sidebar and the PSA. Just be careful. Pick up your trash. That's all. Um, so I'm dawdling around. This lady's asked me about the waterfall. I know that they're going to go anyway, no matter what I say. And they're going to jump in the water anyway, no matter what I say. And, um, you know, more power to them. My general philosophy out on the trail or just really anywhere in life is um, no matter how bad I want to, and I usually don't want to that bad, I try to not worry myself with what other people are doing. And I try to not worry myself with what other people are thinking. Um, if they don't like me, fine. If they like me, fine. If they um, are doing something that I consider bad, stupid, ill-advised, um, you know, fine. I default to not intervening and just letting them find out on their own. Most of the time, they're not going to kill themselves and they're going to either learn their lesson or they're going to get off scot-free and um, not incur any damage or, or whatever. So I just let people be people. And so if they're roaming around lost, I let them roam around lost because maybe that's what they want to do. I'm the kind of person that I purposefully drive to the middle of nowhere and I go out on a long excursion and, you know, getting lost for me is sometimes part of the experience. It's not something that I love to do. It's not something that I set out to do, but, you know, if it happens, I can figure my way out of it. And so, um, I try to let other people also have that freedom. I think it's good for people. I think it's a good lesson for people to learn to not depend on their smartphones to get them out of um, a triple canopy jungle or a desert area where there's no phone reception and all of the terrain looks exactly the same and the trail that you're on um, looks like every other bit of your surroundings, especially at dark. Um, I think that these are good lessons to learn and um yeah so that's just me but generally i try to keep my opinions and my um influence out of other people's lives and just let them do whatever so if you see me on the trail i'm usually going to uh, kind of wave my 
you know, kind of do a peace sign or uh, I used to do shakas, but then I kind of figured that that's kind of corny for um, a white guy to do shakas to everybody that he sees. Um, I think, you know, like a peace sign or um, kind of an indifferent sort of um, waving gesture is probably, you know, fine. Because I don't ever know how people are going to react. I don't ever know if people want to interact uh, or not. Most people are cool, but then some people, they don't. And so it's not even worth my time. So I just default to just letting people do what they do. But I say all that to say this. Um, if you come up to me on the trail and you're asking for directions, it's kind of a crapshoot, right? Because sometimes I'm out there and I just want to be... Uh, left alone and that's no fault of yours and that has nothing to do with uh, you it's more of um, it's more dependent on what kind of day I've had how my life's going at that point and um, sometimes I just don't want to talk to people and I just want to go out there and um, blow off some steam you know so I don't hate anybody or um, I don't dislike uh, tourists, I don't, I don't dislike people that are lost or whatever, but, um, the thing is like, sometimes I just need to get, and I don't want to get out and I don't want to have a bunch of conversations while I'm trying to do my thing. Um, I don't feel self-important. I just, uh, running is kind of a, a coping, uh, thing for me and it kind of helps me, um, get through the week sometimes but um so anyway you know i'm not trying to be super unfriendly um know that deep down i i love you as a human i guess and uh, i want you to be safe and okay and uh yeah but anyways so uh i said all that because it it helps to illustrate why um, the day went like it did. Um, so these people, they get their stuff together and I'm, you know, getting my stuff together, getting ready to go out on um, my run. And um, I take off about the same time that they do. I end up going down a couple spurs that lead off the main trail just because it adds a little bit of distance to um, the overall and I've still got kind of a closer proximity to my vehicle you know just in case um, I need to get back to my truck for any reason um, I don't like to run real real far away from my vehicle like on a weekday when you know it might get dark or um, you know inclement weather might move in or or whatever I get hurt or whatever and um I don't I don't really like the idea of being hurt in the dark trying to get back to my truck from far far away so um I go down these spurs on the weekdays especially just to add a little bit of um distance kind of close proximity to my vehicle so i go down the the first prayer i come out i see i meet up with the group again um at this point we're both 
you know, me and this uh, party of people were both pretty far away from the the main waterfalls that people usually go to. So I don't really think anything of it. Just, you know, pass around them and going up the hill. And I could hear them kind of like snickering and um, giggling. Uh, I like to think that they were doing that because I was running up the hill and they were walking. Um, it could very well be that it's because um, of my dad bod and um, how not like somebody that runs almost every day <laughs> should actually look um, and maybe everything that's jiggling, they could have been um, laughing at that too. And if they were, then that's okay. That's, uh, you know, when you go running in nothing but shorts and shoes and, you know, no shirt, you have to kind of, uh, you got to like roll with the punches and kind of take it as it comes. So, um, that's all me, but anyway, so, uh, I pass them and then I, I actually get up to the turn off where you go down to the, the main waterfalls that most people go to about a mile and a half in and I come back out and then, um, uh, I pass them. But so when I pass them again, this is already past where the spur is that goes down to the waterfalls where most people go. Now, um, I didn't think much about it because on this particular trail, there's many different places that people like to stop and jump into the water. And this uh, road, this gravel road slash trail goes up from the first little turn off to where you can go to to like jump off the, this little cliff um, a lot of people go to this place where there's a bunch of waterfalls sorry you can hear the cuckoo clock in the background um but so uh there's a bridge after that that people sometimes go down um they they kind of hike under and then out and then there's a little tiny waterfall that sometimes people sit in front of and um if you keep going up there's all kinds of uh places that are off the trail that you can't really see from the trail you can hear the falls but um they're not really visible but if you will um kind of hack your way through a bunch of um undergrowth you can get to the river from almost any part of the trail and then you'll cross a couple dams about four about four or five and maybe six miles up i think all all together um round trip i think you can do about 14 miles i might be wrong on that it's been a while since i did a up and and back just on this this one um straight shot a lot of times i'll i'll add so many spurs into that that i don't really know i i can't really remember what the distance is from uh just straight up bottom to top you know without deviating but anyways so there's several places there's several dams and um other little waterfall areas that you can go besides the main one that most people go to 
And most people go to that one because number one, it's close. And then number two, there's probably, I don't know, like five or six waterfalls that are of decent size that are right concentrated in one area. Um, but so I pass them again and they're already past that popular area, but I don't think anything of it because maybe they just don't want to go there because there's too many people. They think there's too many people down there or something. They just want to go somewhere more, um, less crowded. Um, so I pass them, uh, but you know, I'll just, I'll be honest, full disclosure. I kind of know deep in my heart that they probably don't want to do that. They probably did want to go to the popular area, but like I said before, and, um, I, I don't, I don't mess with people when uh, I'm out there. I just, you know, I got my job to do and I figure like they'll figure it out for themselves. They'll have a little adventure and, um, they'll be okay. I'll see them again, you know, on my way back down. So I did see them again on my way back down. And, um, at that point I had already gone up ahead of them, probably like a mile and a half and then come back down. And, um, as I'm running towards them, I'm thinking like, mm, I think they need help. And right about the time I thought that, um, the same lady, she asked me, are we getting close? And I said, uh, you know, that depends on where you're going. Are you, where are you trying to, to get to? And she says, well, we just want to, I think she said something like, we, we just want to, we're trying to get to the waterfalls. And so I said, well, you know, I told her just what I said just now. There's plenty of waterfalls all along the trail, but it's just a matter of getting to them. And, um, you know, as I'm explaining, she pulls out her phone. She shows me a picture of the place and it's the, it's the place, the popular place, the Narnia place that most people think of when they think of this area. And so I, I told them, you know, go back down the hill and then you're going to cross over the bridge, cross over the cattle guard, and then you'll take a left after that. And then you're there, you're good to go. And it's only, you know, it's less than a mile to this place. And so I kind of, I left them with that and, um, not, not a whole lot was said. I, I think they probably said thank you or whatever. I mean, they, they were nice people. Um, I don't want to give the impression that they were like snobby. And I also don't want to give the impression that I was, you know, curt with them or anything. It was cordial conversation both ways, but, um, but so, um, I'm headed back down and I'm thinking, you know, I've seen a lot of people <laughs> not know where they're going out here and just, you know, I know me when I get directions from someone, sometimes I have a little problem with remembering exactly what they said. So as I'm going back down, I grab, um, some sticks and I kind of make a little arrow on the ground that points down to the waterfalls. And I run down that spur because I'm just trying to add some more distance to my, my run. And uh, I'm coming back up. And it's pretty out of character for me. Usually about them, I mean, putting that arrow down to show them where to go was like, a, was more than I would probably typically even make the effort to, to do. But in this case, I felt like, you know, these are pretty nice people. 
um, and they had an issue and, you know, like I said before, I love people as humans. Um, that doesn't mean that some people don't get on my nerves, uh, but, you know, I try to look at it like, you know, everybody's just trying to, we're just trying to live and, um, why make it hard on other people or harder than it needs to be. So, um, but you know, at the same time, when I'm out there, usually I'm out there just to, you know, focus and get my, my run done and then get the heck out of there before it gets dark. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I built the arrow, went down and then I'm coming back up and I don't see them. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe they're like me. Maybe I just told them those simple directions, but then they didn't remember or, you know, something and they, or they misunderstood and thought I meant, you know, go back up the hill some more, you know, which would have them walking forever. Um, so I ran back up the hill and then I finally ran into them again and I let them know about the stick that I'd laid down and um, it, it was kind of awkward. I mean, maybe that was, you know, at that point was overkill to tell them about the sticks that I had laid down. Like, I don't know, maybe they thought that I was um, trying to garner some kind of... Um, uh, you know, attaboys or, or something, uh, pat on the back for putting down a, a stick arrow to show them. But, you know, that wasn't the case at all. Um, but yeah, so I told them that I laid the sticks down. I reiterated the instructions, very simple. And then I added, um, that I had seen a lot of people get lost on the way back to their vehicles. So just kind of stick to the paved routes and they should be fine. Um, and so, you know, they were thankful. I forget exactly what all, uh, was said, but as I'm, as I'm departing them, um, one of the ladies says something I, I'm paraphrasing cause it's, it's been a busy day and I've forgotten yes, most of yesterday. Um, but she says something like, we applaud your, uh, physical fitness efforts, <laughs> which I don't know if that was a backhanded compliment or, um, uh, if she was really trying to articulate that, you know, I was doing a good job, but anyway, I appreciated it. And, uh, I kind of waved as I was, running off. I don't take, I mean, I, I take the compliments for sure, but, um, knowing how to respond to them, I, I don't really often, I don't think get that many. <laughs> so I'm kind of, uh, self-conscious or, or, uh, bashful when somebody says something nice. Um, so, and two, I usually don't talk to people, so I'm really not, I'm, very socially awkward, but so as I'm, as I'm running off, I wave to him and, uh, you know, that was a cool thing. Like that whole interaction. Um, I'm sorry that they had to go a little bit farther than they anticipated, but you know, I think that probably doesn't matter that much. Anyway, <laughs> they, they got to walk in the, 
a pretty nice little forested area and um, you know they didn't go that that far and they got turned around and back on course so I hope they did get to go and get in the water if that's what they wanted and I hope they're all safe now um, and having a good time uh, which is really uh, not a hard thing to do but it's really a it's getting kind of interesting because of the uh, the coronavirus stuff so you know I hope everybody will be okay with with that too um, it's not hitting Hawaii bad yet I think there's two confirmed cases on Oahu and then uh, I don't think that there's any on Big Island yet but my understanding of the the virus is that it um, multiplies quickly so the cases increase exponentially um, every couple days every four days or so so you know it has the potential to be really really serious and um, I hope that anybody that's traveling here or you know anybody anywhere I, I hope that this thing will you know resolve and uh, you know I hate to see the the news about people dying or people being hospitalized because of um, this but um, but anyway so hope everybody is okay takes care and um, is having as good of a time as they possibly can but but yeah so sorry if that was if that whole story was a letdown it was just a cool thing to me because I actually talk to people and for me that's a that's a big step because I usually don't I keep to myself um, there's a lot of reason for that I won't go into them but I've it's my life's been interesting and um, yeah we'll leave it at that so um, the third cool thing that happened we um, so me and my family and two friends we got to go hike out Helena Pali uh, trail on Sunday and so um, I've got a co-worker and for for some reason uh, she is interested in kind of what I do as far as like running uh, ultras and just running in general and um, I think that it's cool that she's interested. I definitely think that there are more interesting people for sure that do this um, <laughs> than me, but she's a super nice person. And um, I think, I, I won't say that she's going through a hard time because I don't know that I would assume so, but I, it seemed to me at one point, um, I think I mentioned that she's a coworker, but it seemed to me at one point while we were at work that maybe she needed something. And I suggested this to her also, you know, maybe she needs something in her life other than work. Um, she needs a thing to be there when work is 
not going satisfactorily or when, when work is a letdown to kind of, um, to kind of fall back on or, or to, f to focus on or, or to, to get some sort of, um, uh, what do you call it? Like clarity from, because I know for me, um, going out and, and having these kind of small accomplishments, you know, the big accomplishments for me, many all small accomplishments in the grand scheme of things and, and even in relationship to what other people are doing. But like I said before, I don't try to compare myself to other people. I just kind of do me. And, um, I know for me, what works best is consistently, um, being out on a trail and, um, you know, kind of letting, uh, blowing off steam. So I had suggested this to her and, um, what I had suggested was a hike and I have done this Helena Polly, uh, overlook trail before by myself, I think at least once or twice. Well, actually, so I've done it before by myself. And then I actually took my son when he was five, um, not all the way down, but I took him, I think all, I think I took him all the way down the kind of ridge portion of it, which is at the very beginning and then back up. Cause he was only five. Um, but this time we hiked Helena Polly all the way out to, um, Ka'aha. So we were going towards Ka'aha. Now we didn't get all the way to the end of the trail, but we got most of the way, but hang on, let me back up a minute so I can finish rounding out this, um, the setup for the story. So, um, co-worker had invited her to go. And so immediately after I invited her to go and she, um, kind of accepted, I, I realized that it might be awkward to go to this remote area, especially like in today's, um, in the world that we live in today, in the, in the environment that we live in. Um, I thought it might be awkward to, to go with, um, a female coworker and male coworker into this, um, remote area. And although we, work in close proximity every day we don't work on the same projects so there's not a lot of dialogue um, between us so how much do we really know about each other we really don't and I can totally empathize from a, a female perspective like maybe not being so comfortable uh, going out into the middle of nowhere with with some uh, person that you only know from work so Immediately after inviting her and her accepting, I tried to get more people <laughs> to come. So I, um, I, you know, it's a no brainer, um, invited my, my wife and asked her if she wanted to come and, um, she did. And, um, just to kind of even things out, I had invited two more, uh, people, um, one of them was not able to show up, but another one was a friend of mine that I met about a year ago while I was, um, running up at Narnia. I think he had just moved here recently. Um, he had lived on 
other islands before, but he had just moved to Big Island, and um, he was an interesting, or interesting person, like right from the get-go, I knew, and if you've ever seen me in real life, or you know who I am, then you know that I'm a pretty, um, a pretty different looking person, <laughs> I guess, uh, there, there's definitely some kind of story behind me, um, I, I don't know if you can really discern what that story is, um, probably, you know, it's a pretty crazy story if you're just going off of, um, how I look, but, but anyways, so, um, met him on the trail, liked him, just kind of became, I guess, we're not, we're not best friends, I guess it's a little too early to say we're, we're best friends forever, um, I don't know if we'll ever achieve that, because I think I get on his nerves, um, sometimes, or maybe all the time, I don't know, but, um, we definitely have some pretty interesting conversations, and, I mean, I like hanging out with the guy, so I, I definitely wanted him to come, and he's got some, like, so he doesn't do a lot of, um, like, strenuous, I guess, strenuous physical activity, um, he's not super into it, I won't say he doesn't do it, because his job, I think, probably, um, demands it, but, um, like, voluntary, strenuous physical activity, probably not the biggest fan of, of that ever, but, definitely experience I think he'd done some some hikes I don't remember if he hiked the um, PCT or if it was another trail but he's definitely done some some things in his life and I know he does a lot of burpees now so that counts for something but um but yeah so invited him and um my co-worker and they both accepted and so you know the ju- the jury was out I don't know if that if that phrase applies here sometimes I say stuff and I don't really actually know what the phrase means and then I have to go google it and make sure that what I said was actually um what I just meant to say so just if if that doesn't fit if the jury is still out doesn't fit in the sentence then um forgive me and let's move on with our lives, but the jury was out on whether, um, either of these two individuals were going to come through and actually go on this hike or, um, whether they were going to pull out at the last minute and make up some excuse not to go. (laughs) So things were not looking very good for one of them. I think they had just had one of those weeks where, um, everything was going to crap and um they were busy and you know the all of the all of the things that typically arise when you're about to embark on a 18 mile round trip hike into the middle of nowhere where only helicopters can rescue you and uh and back so um so yeah but um we get to Sunday and everything's still uh, green light. Everything's still go. I'm making my presentation, my presentation. I'm making my preparations, uh, kind of cleaning up the the old hydro flasks. And um, I've got a I've got a problem with um, 
leaving the scratch water in the hydro flask and not uh, cleaning those suckers out every single day. And so if you don't do that, eventually what happens is you start growing stuff inside them. So your bottle becomes a science project. Um, and so some of mine were that way, but since I was cleaning one, I decided, and since this was a pretty long hike and there were potentially, you know, five or six people going on this thing, I, I cleaned out every water containing vessel that I had with, um, you know, good old elbow grease and a long soak and some, a little cap full of bleach and a bunch of water and some vinegar overnight. But, um, I don't, I don't know if that's the proper cleaning method or if that's even good for, uh, hydro pack and stuff, you know, like the little crushable soft flasks that come with, uh, all the Solomon stuff or the, um, the one or two liter, uh, uh, back, I guess, backpack water containers or whatever but um anyway that's that's how I clean them so it got them clean they were fine what was my point yeah so I'm making final preparations and I'm just waiting on a phone call from somebody uh to tell me some reason why they can't go or you know whatever because but that never happened um Sunday came along and um my coworker met us at our house and then we drove together out to the Volcano National Park. And as we got out to the campground, um, that's close to the trailhead. Um, I didn't see my friend's vehicle and, um, I couldn't tell if it was because it was obscured by trees or because that person just was not there. Um, just a little frame of reference. This person does not like to get up early and, um, also had expressed some concern with the, um, the elevation and also the, the overall distance of this hike. Just, I think mainly the protest was that they were in no type of, uh, physical condition to <laughs> conditioning to be, um, attempting such a thing. Uh, and they had also had a hard week, but I don't think that was ever made as an excuse, which is good because that's the worst. Um, I think if you've had a hard week, that's the best time to go on an 18 mile hike and just get away from everything. Some would disagree, but whatever, it's my podcast. Um, so yeah, he ended up being there. Like at the at the last minute, we come around a corner, and the it, he his vehicle was obscured by like a, I guess trees or something. And then we see him standing there, and he had been waiting like right on time. Um, we were a little bit late because we had to stop and do some stuff. Um, but yeah, he was dressed to the nines in all of his best, his finest outdoor gear. It was super windy. Uh, I won't say it was super windy. It was normally as windy as it is at this place, which is pretty windy. Um, and it was a little bit cold because it was early in the morning. Um, but so I, I guess it was about mm, 
eight-ish. It was around eight when we met. And I, I know I just said that it was early in the morning. Uh, it wasn't that early, but it was kind of early for a Sunday. You know what I mean? But um, we all end up being there, which is awesome. That's the most awesome thing that can possibly happen is everybody starts off. Um, and then, you know, equally as awesome, everybody f- finishes, of course. But um, sometimes it's hard to, to convince people to even get them to the, the start of these kind of things, especially when it's, you know, something so long and it's a technical um, hike. So we started out and um, I, I forgot to mention that my son also came on this one. That's kind of like the... the the highlight of this whole story for me like I I think all of us went on our own little personal voyage that day but I saw the most growth happen in the shortest amount of time with um, with my son but we I had originally thought that he was going to go to one of his friend's house for the day and then it would just be us adults um, hiking out because this is a pretty technical trail and um it's even more technical since the the lava flows and all of the seismic activity um, following those lava flows of 2018. Um, a lot of rocks have, you know, there's been landslides and a lot of the trail is just barely hanging on. Uh, and the first part of it and also the last part of it on the return trip is about a 3,500 um foot elevation change basically all at once so you're you're basically going down um, more or less straight down uh, this ridge and then more or less straight back up this ridge on the way back so it's uh, it's not super uh, you know designed for for children and um, but I was pretty confident that, so he, my son actually ended up not having plans to go to a friend's house. And I was a little bit concerned, but that eventually, you know, waned when I thought about it. We had um, four adults going and then, uh, not that I really retain that much medical knowledge anymore, but I used to be uh, uh, corpsman in the Navy. So I've got a little bit of, um, skill. I can stop bleeding and, and all of the first aid things that one might need to do. Um, and of course, you know, four adults with four cell phones and even my son had his cell phone. So, um, as long as we could get enough reception to text, then we would, we would be gold as far as like trying to contact an emergency, um, personnel if anything happened and then to my wife is um in the medical field um and so i she deals primarily with um people's faces i guess (laughs) you would say uh ear nose and throat but um she's got knowledge above mine for sure um if anything were to happen so you know after considering all that, I didn't feel as bad about bringing our son. And since he had 
done the hard part of it when he was only five and you know now he's 10 I didn't think that it would I, I knew it would be a challenge but I didn't think it would put anybody in danger so um he came with us and um I guess I'll describe the the trail a little bit before I get into like the rest of the the hike so um it was me, my wife, uh, my son, my friend from that I met on the trail about a year previous, and then um, my colleague, who I think this was like one of her f- first long hikes. Um, I think I might be wrong on that. Like I said, we're we're not we don't exactly like talk that much either. So. Um, this was more of kind of like just getting her out and, and doing something to get her mind off of all the nonsense that is going on with her. Um, uh, you know, so it's all of us. And what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Describing the trail. So. If you pull up Google Maps or whatever you're looking on, um, all what is that? All trails or whatever. Um, the place that we went is called Helena Poly Overlook. H i l i n a p a l i. It's um, two separate words. Helena Poly, and I'm probably saying it wrong because I say all the Hawaiian ro- words wrong, and um, a lot of English words wrong too. But um, this place used to be accessible by um, vehicle. You could get to the overlook and park your car at the overlook. So the overlook's about five miles from the campsite, okay? But now, because the road collapsed and there's parts of the earth that have cracked open and um, basically there's hollow spots underneath the road in certain areas they have closed the road from the from about the campsite all the way down to the overlook which is about five miles so that's added an additional five miles to this trail that used to not be there um or it was there but you used to not have to do it on foot you would um just park and then i think it's like maybe like two or three miles down to the um, Ka'aha, the end of the the little piece of the trail that we were on. If you look on the map, you'll see that this thing kind of like triangulates and you can hike all over um, this kind of um, southern, southeastern kind of flank area and it's really beautiful out there um it can be daunting especially at night because the terrain looks very similar um, in all directions it's hard to see landmarks at night so even the trail markers the kyarns um, it's very hard to distinguish those from like little um, outcroppings that are a natural byproduct of the lava flows and um, but the whole day 
going down. So the first five miles, nothing real significant. It was just down a paved road on foot. And um, we got to this little overlook and it's got a shelter with a picnic table. And there's a um, an outhouse there. And so we kind of did what we needed to do, took a little rest at, at that point. And then we um, descended down this ridge which is um, incredibly steep single track like i mentioned before parts of the the edge of this thing are um, cracked so like they're coming undone eventually they'll fall off of the side of this ridge and no longer be a part of it Um, i don't know how long that process will actually take i'm assuming it will take a while because the trail is still open but um, you never know. Uh, a 5.0 earthquake could easily make this whole trail system collapse on that ridge. So it is a little bit risky. It's definitely something that you think about while you're up there because it's not a situation where you can um, duck or run for cover or anything. You're kind of just in that situation if it does occur. Um, but it, like I told my coworker, it's good to be scared sometimes. It's good to think about those things, uh, you know, and it, it's good to get outside of your comfort zone. It's not good if those bad things actually happen necessarily. I'm not saying that. I don't want there to be an earthquake. I don't want um, a rock slide to come after me. But... Um, you know, it. You can't live your your life in fear of those kinds of things happening, or else you'll just um, you just stay inside all the time and never get to do anything. So, um, anyways, we rested for a while at Helena Poly Overlook. Everybody's fine. We go are descending down this. Um, this elevation about 3,500 feet on single track that kind of, it kind of switches, but not really. It's more or less straight down and um, pretty scary. There's places where big rocks have um, fallen over the trail. So what was single track is now um, a rock climbing activity (laughs) or a bouldering activity um, to get over these rocks and then back onto the, um, the trail and I, I kind of over blew that for dramatic purposes it's it's not like full-on bouldering um, but you do have to kind of climb over some bigger rocks to get back on just um, a place where there's not huge rocks obscuring the, the, the trail or blocking the trail so as we're going down there I think my son figured that he had hurt himself, um, his ankle, like rolled his ankle or or whatever. And um, he was kind of complaining of that. And so as we got down to the bottom and then out to this long stretch of um, field, um, my son was kind of getting a little bit um, upset. And I think there were a couple of times where he was actually shedding a tear. And so I... Once I realized what was going on, I I was pretty much in the front of the pack 
most of the time and I would look back periodically just to make sure that everybody was still, you know, okay and everybody was still walking. I didn't want to create pressure for anybody. I wanted them to go at their own pace and not feel pressured to keep up with me. But at the same time, I I wanted to make sure that everybody was okay and stay close and definitely turn around and check on people. So, um, I, uh, I went back to see my son and my wife's like, you know, he's crying or I don't think she said he's crying. I think she said he's done. And, you know, I have been where he is at before was the first thing that I thought, you know, for him, this might as well be a journey to, um, the ends of the earth. And I knew that probably he was not severely injured in any place. He more or less needed, um, something to eat and needed some, um, water to drink and the all of the water that I packed had scratch in it with some uh you know electrolytes and a little bit of um sugar just to keep us all uh going and and hydrated but um I went back and checked on him and I looked at his ankle that was um supposed to be giving him trouble and I'm not saying that his ankle wasn't giving him trouble he plays soccer too so he may have rolled it before it may have been like a a prior injury that was um um what do you call it compounded or worsened by um maybe a twist of the the ankle that occurred on you know while he was hiking but so I looked at his ankle and it wasn't swollen and um he seemed he was more frustrated than anything with the situation and I get it you know it's never my intention to take my son out and you know make him do a forced march um, to kingdom coming back but at the same time you know there's a sense of accomplishment that comes with completing these kinds of evolutions and I definitely don't want to deny him of um, those feelings and uh you know, also, it's just that thing of where, you know, sometimes life does throw you curveballs, and it's not like we can just turn around and and jump back up this this ridge. We're out there in a place that, although mileage-wise, it's not that far from my vehicle. Terrain-wise, it's a helicopter trip for sure. If somebody is no longer able to to hike and we can't carry him, you know, so it's kind of not to be dramatic, but serious business. And so, um, at this point, I would do another PSA and tell all the parents out there, you know, it it's good to I think, in my opinion, it's good to expose children to these kinds of, um, activities. Don't definitely don't make it into a force march scenario where you're telling them to come on and hurry up and suck it up and, you know, be a man or whatever. Uh, don't turn it into that. Definitely make them be strong, you know, as strong as they can be. And 
I would say if you can't do this type of thing or you don't have experience doing this kind of thing, definitely don't set out on a trail like Helena Polly as your first try um, with, you know, with your child too. Um, don't put your life and um, their life in, in danger uh, because you have to kind of be accustomed and know, you know, the signs and symptoms of some some things and um, how to remedy those and you know if you don't know what a person looks like when they just need some food or you know something simple some more water um, maybe just a little bit of a rest you know sometimes that can lead to frustration because if you don't give them those things they they just tend to get grumpier and um, less able to to push on so that can lead to frustration but if you know what you're looking at you know if you've been to that place before yourself then you recognize the issue and you're able to fix it if it's something simple like that um even the the ankle thing you know i've been in those situations where things hurt you know and that's what i told him i said you know son when i sometimes when i'm doing uh ultra my whole body hurts you know and i've got to just tell myself let's keep you know it hurts but it's not it's not life-threatening and it's not going to hurt when you stop you know there's there's a difference i think between running on like a broken leg and then you know running on something that's like soft tissue injury or um you know, maybe nothing at all, maybe a figment of your imagination, your, maybe your body protesting and trying to make you stop um, before you actually need to. I think there's, um, I think it's like a 60-40 rule. Like if you think you're 100% done, you're really only 60% done. So you've still got 40 more percent, 40% left. Um, I think that's true. I've, I've realized that in my own endeavors. But so uh, the point of this all is that he it did end up being a situation where, um, number one, I think he needed some, some food, um, something to get his blood sugar up. And then number two is a little bit of water, you know, a little bit of hydration because it was quite sunny that day. You couldn't have picked a better day to do this hike. It was sunny the whole day and... Um, no no rain the only thing that would have made it better would have been a little bit more cloud cover because the sun in that area is very strong you can get a uh, sunburn in you know 30 minutes 30 to 60 minutes um, if you're not careful all of us had sunscreen on i think my co-worker still got pretty burn on her legs because she was wearing shorts um but yeah, so kind of intense sun. You definitely don't think about it as much with the wind blowing because you get all that convection and you just don't think about, you know, there's a huge hot sun burning me right now <laughs> and I'm super thirsty. Um, I might be getting too hot or too dehydrated or whatever because you got this wind blowing in your face. So it's counter counterintuitive 
but anyways uh so he he ate something he got um the other thing that it was was just he needed some some guidance he needed to understand like why he was feeling the way that he was feeling so i tried to under, i tried to explain it to him the best way that i could and that i had been through similar things and i tried not to be like you know i've been through it that means you can get through it you know i try not to be that way because i understand you know he's different everybody's different um people have different ways of coping with things people's bodies have different limitations um and he's a child i definitely don't want to like damage his um his ego i don't want to damage uh his um the way that he views outdoor activities you know i don't want to give him a, a complex so I'm not trying to like force him to do stuff, but at the same time, I'm letting him know, you know, hey, this has happened to me a lot of times. This is what's going on. Um, you need food. You need water. You need to take a break. Um, you can do this. I've been in pain before, kind of similar to, to what you're experiencing, and it doesn't always get worse. Sometimes it actually does get better. Sometimes it's your body, your mind, or whatever, playing a little trick on you. And you have to kind of push through that. And then once your body knows that um, you're pushing through, it gets back with the program. So a lot of times that's that's what's needed. So... Um, short story long he comes out of it he's fine and matter of fact he's so fine that on the way back the the whole entire way back he is the head of everybody he hike he hikes back well i that's kind of a fib he wasn't in front for the whole way back so as we're walking from back from kaa um towards the um ascent i guess we'll call it he was in normal place, somewhere between me and the last person that was hiking with us. Um, once we got to the ascent, he took the lead and he was in the lead for um, a long time, all the way up the, all the way up to the overlook, and then um, for a good portion of the paved road back to the truck. So. Watching that happen and watching him transform from being miserable to being um, happy to be there, that was the payoff. And, you know, it's kind of a gamble. I don't, I didn't know going into it if, you know, that's what would happen. It, there's a very good possibility that, you know, maybe he was done. Maybe the food wouldn't help. Maybe um, he was injured and I lack the the skill um and experience to um identify that you know that that could have been a a possible outcome too but um seeing that that wasn't the case and seeing him kind of um brave the ascent back up and um you know kind of power through the the rest of the hike that really made me feel good it was kind of a proud dad moment for sure um 
maybe brought a little bit of a moisture to my eye um, and so I ended up after the hike I had um, an old 920 XT that I was wearing um, and the barometer went I, I wore it for a long time but the barometer went out on it so I couldn't couldn't get elevation readings anymore and it was kind of a thing where you know fixing it versus um, just getting the the next big thing that was out at the time I just went with the next big thing and kind of saved that one because it still it still works but um, it just doesn't register the um, elevation so I had found that in a box while I was getting everything ready and I ended up giving that to him because I was so proud of him for um, for making such a good effort on the way back uh, yeah but I, I kind of diverted or not diverted but I kind of went off on a tangent there but so um, we were able to make it back up the hill and hang on a minute I just need to make sure that I'm still recording here something happened with uh, GarageBand and the little things not moving no more so I'm just wondering if I did I make it all the way to the end of GarageBand is that a thing that you can actually do nah I think what it is is the the track just got really, really, really big. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, we all made it back safe and sound. There was um, it was a beautiful day. It was a glorious day. Um, go on to Google Maps or All Trails or whatever. Look up Helena Poly Trail. I would suggest um, you know if you're gonna try that one. Go on a day where you check the weather really good. It doesn't look like there's a possibility of um, you know thunderstorms or rain or whatever. And um, take a big party with you. You know, like four people or so. It'll be a lot more fun that way. Um, it's a haunting place to be by yourself. And I think even with two people, it's... Um, it's kind of a daunting and um, also uh, kind of a spooky place to be by yourself, but it's spooky cool. There's um, these huge fields of grass just flowing in the wind, uh, beautiful vista looking out over the Pacific. As far as you can see in any direction, it's hard for me to even put it into words um, what this looks like it's you immediately recognize your your smallness in the world like the this is the scenery is so big it's one of the best views probably um, on the island uh, yeah it's it's amazing uh, and it's one of those things that a lot of people don't get to see because they are you know, busy looking at things that are easily accessible off the um, the paved roads, and that's not a knock on 
on them it's just i i get it like you come on vacation and you're trying to see as much as you can in a limited amount of time and this one probably doesn't make the cut so much anymore because of the additional five miles that were added on that you'd have to be on foot down to even get to the overlook but um it was a beautiful day um my coworker, i think who i don't want to I don't really know her life, so I don't want to keep saying that she's having a rough time, but I, th- I think it was not optimal. And I think going on the hike maybe helped her to um, have a little bit of escape and also to get some clarity uh, for her own self. And I mean, at the end of it, um, she was saying that she would like to be invited for, for more of them. So, you know, that's that's good news to me and um you know if people are feeling good then I, you know i'm feeling good so uh it was a good outcome all the way around so i was super stoked about that um, i was super bummed on monday when i had to go back to work because the uh the difference between um you know doing stuff like that i, I really enjoy just being out there and enjoying the silence a little bit and then also enjoying the parts where you're you know just having a some miscellaneous uh conversation about nothing um with your friends uh, and i guess acquaintances uh getting to have those experiences with my son and then also you know my wife was kind of the unsung hero of the day (laughs) she didn't say much through the whole thing but you know she made it up and down everything that everybody else did so you know in in my in my from my perspective i think everybody that went down and came back up without an injury uh you know, death, loss of limb, um, you know, a whimper. <laughs> Those are all heroes to me because, you know, nothing beats getting back to the truck and then, you know, having something to eat, having, you know, all the the water you can drink out of the, uh, the jug and um, sitting in that heater felt great because it was chilly by the time we got back it was like around i don't i think it was like around f- 5 or 6 p.m and the wind was blowing it was chilly back at the truck so getting to sit in that heated vehicle and then um, have a ride home get that shower and uh put the slippers on turn on the tv eat some pizza you know that stuff all feels great it feels way better when you had a hard day um you got out and you feel like you did something you know uh and that could be going on a hike or that could be work or that could be doing your runs or you could be running an ultra or you could be you know running a 5k or you could be doing anything you could be doing burpees like my buddy um everything feels better when you've done some hard work uh before it so there's that i think those three experiences combine and then you just the cherry on the top was seeing uh willie half nelson getting to 
throw some jerky at her and let her um, peck that up. Um, I, I'm thinking one of these days I'm going to try to catch Willie Half Nelson and um, just get a chicken coop and let her live in my backyard. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't know if she's anybody else's chicken. I just know that she runs around that area and I don't think so. She looks awful skinny, but I digress. So a couple things that I want to talk about. Um, while I was on this hike, I got some blisters and I think it was because I had some little gravel in my shoe. Some I had stepped in some mud and then, you know, the mud, you don't really realize that it's got gravel in it and then it dries. And then uh, next thing you know, you got gravel in your shoes. And so I had gone on a muddy run a couple days previous and then shoes dried out. I put them on to go on this hike and um, I had gravel on the bottom of my shoes. So it could have been that, you know, I will say a lot of positive things about um, ultras. That's what I, I get. That's like the shoe that I wear. But I will say that I do still get blisters even wearing ultras and um part of that may be just lack of um preparing my feet or part of it could be just that you know i'm predisposed to having blisters or maybe you know gravel in the bottom of my shoes perhaps or it could be the shoes themselves so when i say that i wear ultras or when i say that i use anything i'm not necessarily saying that it's the best thing in the world and you know you're gonna your feet or your body's gonna ride like a dream and you're never gonna have issues that's not the case at all um you're always gonna have issues especially if you're doing a long distance uh running event it's almost mandatory that you'll have at least you know uh nine or ten different issues that come up that you're gonna have to deal with so a couple of tips Um, having those blisters made me first think about blisters because I hadn't had any um, in a a while a couple tips for ultra runners get your mind used to being in discomfort so when you're running an ultra that's not the same as going out on pavement and doing a marathon it's not it's it's in no way shape or form the same you're going from a 2D type of surface to a very three-dimensional, um, there's levels to it. Like you're kicking rocks, you're having to raise your feet more to get over stumps and uh, rocks. And, you know, you're going extreme uphill, you're scrambling, you're going extreme downhill, you're sliding, um, mud, you name it. It's not the same as running on the road that's not a slight against road runners Um, the only thing I can say about running on the road in general is I prefer not to do it and it's because of cars people just don't pay attention when they're driving Um, I know bikers uh, people on bikes get killed all the time Uh, and I know of at least one runner that's died here on, um, I think it was here on Big Island in the last year. Uh, They were running, I think, on the road and got hit by a car.
car that wasn't paying attention or possibly it was drunk or something. So I, I just, I don't like roads in general. And two, it makes your feet hurt so much more. I don't think it's good for you long term, but I'm also not a medical doctor and I'm only um, 40 years old. So I, I may or may not know all there is to know in the world. So, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, okay. Yeah. So my first tip is to run trail, <laughs> but as you're running trail, if you decide to progress to ultra, you're definitely going to have some aches and pains and some things that you're going to have to overcome. So the, the first thing I recommend is, um, proper foot care. So if you do get a blister, don't peel all the skin off directly after. Um, if your blister is big enough, the last thing you're thinking of doing is touching it anyway, but, um, you're going to want to leave those blisters intact, at least for a couple of days. You can drain the fluid out of it, but leave the skin on. Um, just take a stick, a sterilized needle on the edge of the blister and kind of squeeze out some of the fluid. You can use moleskin to, um, kind of tape around the, the blister and take pressure off of the center mass. And then also, um, after a couple of days have passed, you can debride or get rid of the, the blister skin. Once you've had, um, a chance for the under layers of skin to kind of harden up and, um, kind of take over, you can take off that, uh, that kind of outer layer if you want, and then continue to, um, put some kind of ointment on it, and ointment or something. And, um, also you can keep using moleskin. Um, that's, or you can do like I did and just leave it alone. If it's not that big of a blister and it's not getting infected, you can just, uh, leave it alone and it'll sort out itself. Sometimes your body will reabsorb the fluid and, um, you don't have to drain it. And so, uh, that can work out too. If it does get infected, then you, you probably need to, um, go see a physician just to make sure you're okay. Especially if you live in a subtropical or tropical climate where you could get things like cellulitis or a staph infection or something like that. You don't want to play around with those kind of things, but, um, by and large, you can treat a blister just like I just said um when you're running with blisters you can um there's really not much you can do you can prepare beforehand by putting a bunch of um vaseline or bag balm i started using bag balm you can get it at cvs and i think you can order it on amazon but I, I like that stuff. I'm not saying that it'll prevent you from getting blisters. I used it on my feet, um, during the hundred miler that I did and I still got blisters. So, um, it's no guarantee, but it will keep things from rubbing as hard together. I guess it'll give a little bit of, um, lubrication, like in between toes and on the bottoms of your feet. And also, um, a good sock will sometimes help a thick sock. Belega makes some 
really good socks and they even make thicker uh, anti-blister socks for ultra runners so look up Belega and then um, always wear ultras you can get a little bit bigger shoe if you think that the shoe is maybe causing the blisters because it's too tight um, you can you can size up half size or a full size what happens in ultras um, is that your foot continues to swell so even though you may wear like a, like me like a ten and a half your foot may swell up to like 11 11 and a half or possibly even more than that um, just because of the edema the swelling so you can consider getting uh, a bigger size shoe to wear for ultra events um, yeah so that's it for blisters uh, the second big thing that I would recommend is if you're gonna do uh, an ultra and it's kind of like you're I think even if you're experienced um, definitely on a hundred miler have a crew having a crew made uh, having a crew that were super engaged made all the difference in the world to me um, the way that they became engaged was I had to kind of explain things you know my first 100 mile ultra I had a crew and they were willing to help me and you know I'm thankful for them to help me and um, all that they did the thing is I didn't really know what to tell them to do because it was my first one and um, I was in over my head for sure so I had all these ideas of, of things and I had no practical experience for for any of these ideas so um, what I was the advice I was giving them and you know telling them ways that they could help me or you know I will be at this aid station at a certain time it was totally based off of nothing and um, it ended up not helping me at all um, because I didn't know how to articulate to them like what they should do or, or what I should do because I didn't know myself so that's uh, no knock against them I'm thankful that I had that crew and um, they helped me a lot and it was a good learning experience all the way around um, even though I, I didn't finish I DNF'd but um, but yeah so having an informed crew that um, you know you guys sit down and formulate a plan beforehand and kind of have a mutual understanding of what's going to happen what you need and um, you know you're not gonna quit and kind of explain you know you're like for me I had to explain to my crew hey look you know I I still love you even if at the end I'm saying a lot of mean things and I'm not you know laughing and joking um, just not, that's not me that's just me at the the end of my rope kind of <laughs> you know so just help me and then um, I'll love you for the rest of my life um, kind of thing so there's that kind of personal uh, interpersonal 
hygiene, you know, managing those expectations and that relationship part. And then there's also, you know, like, hey, look, I don't want to quit no matter what. Don't let me quit. If I start talking about it, you know, talk me out of it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Letting them know what, so people that don't run a lot, that don't use, you know, um, supplements or uh, hydration mix or tailwind or something like that. They don't know what that stuff is. I mean, they ha- they're not stupid. They have a general idea, but they don't know how much you use and they don't know how much you need. And they don't know, like maybe sometimes you need a little extra scoop or, or something, you know. So you have to sit down and explain these things to your crew beforehand. Like you can't expect to go out there and just tell them, you know, what to do or where stuff's located in your bag or, you know, whatever. Um, so that's my second piece of advice. So you got the blisters, then you got to have a crew and then you guys get together and, you know, get your ducks in a row, kind of, um, you know, have a game plan going into, um, the event that you're doing. Uh, let's see what else can I give tonight? I, I need to start wrapping this up so I can get some sleep, but, um, uh, what's another tip? Get plenty of sleep. Yeah, definitely don't spend the night before an ultra. It doesn't matter if it's uh, 50K or if it's a 50 miler or if it's 100 or whatever. Get you some sleep, you know. Um, go ahead and get as much sleep as you can You'll because you're going to probably be getting up early the next day, um, don't procrastinate, don't get all of your, um, gear ready the night before, like, don't stay up doing that, that's not the way to go into, uh, an ultra, because again, I'm, I'm telling you, like, you might skate by through a 50k, but you're not gonna skate by through a 50 miler, or definitely not a 100 miler, like, just trying to wing it, unless you're superhuman, and there are some superhuman people that that can do that. But in general, if you're listening to my podcast and you need my advice, probably you're not going to be that kind of person. So just make sure you prepare everything well ahead of time and kind of like start formulating out your, um, you know, your gear list and um, make sure you get some sleep you know, the week leading up to the event and especially the night before. Um, what else? Sorry, I'm yawning. It's pretty late. I think it's like, um, yeah, it's 11.39 here in the p.m. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that stuff's common sense. Um also you're so what I was saying the point I was saying was this is not like a road race you're not going to feel good through the whole thing you're going to need stuff so don't just like show up with a a single pair of shorts a single pair of socks and uh you know like a single shirt or whatever you're going to definitely need more socks you're going to definitely need maybe a change of shorts um, you're going to need all kinds of things. Make sure you don't come 
um, underprepared for the temperature, um, for the terrain, you know, whatever. Make sure you research a little bit at least and don't just show up and think you're going to wing it. You're not going to wing it. You're going to wing a DNF is what you're going to wing uh, with that kind of... Uh, with poor preparation you need to don't have to nuke it but you need to put some thought into it um and just i've said it before i'll say it again get used to living in um discomfort because you're going to be uncomfortable and you're just going to have to make it through you're going to have to hustle through but um you can do it so because my brain is um already starting to go to sleep i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this podcast up hopefully this one will save and um i won't have to do this over again but i do want to do another podcast soon and i want to give some more um advice on ultra running because i got a friend that is getting ready to do his first he wisely chose um to do a 50k for his first ultra this is i guess his transition from um marathons to um doing trail ultras and i think that the race that he chose was a good one and i think that the distance that he chose makes sense and um that could be kind of the next tip is to not try to overextend yourself you know um there's temptation there to to um let your hubris get the best of you and think "Mm, i run a marathon so i could definitely run four marathons in a row you know i feel pretty good about that or i could run two marathons in a row um maybe you can but maybe it's not what it seems it's not as easy as just a simple calculation um but yeah so i definitely want to give some more advice out i just need to get some rest myself so that i can um give the best advice that i can possibly give but i'm going to wrap it up for now thanks everybody for listening i'll be back soon um take care Make sure you wash your hands and um, do everything you need to do to stay free of coronavirus and the flu and all kinds of other um, ugly things that are going around out there. And I hope everybody stays healthy and uh, get out and be active. And if you head over to arunandthought.com, um, I've got some, I'm making posts, you know, as the, as time permits and as I'm able to think of things, uh, I'm making posts. And then of course you can see all of my activity feed and, um, all of the previous podcasts on a runandthought.com. If you get a chance, head over to this, the shop and grab a t-shirt i actually got one for myself super comfortable um and those are coming from teespring they're a little bit more expensive but they don't actually print the um the shirt until it's ordered so um 
it's kind of it, it saves me from having overhead um, and also your purchase um, will benefit me and help me keep the the podcast cost kind of um, minimized but yeah thanks everybody for listening have a good week and we'll talk to you soon